welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, January 26, 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama, where once again, we're joined by our uh, dear team member and friend and sister, Justice Warrington, and we are going to talk a little bit more about our response to uh, life and our response in a practical way to how do we how do we love women that are going through crisis pregnancy? And, you know, right now as we walk through the month of January and especially even on this day, we look back almost now 48 years ago uh, to a decision, or actually 49 years ago to a decision that was made by the Warren Burger Court, Roe versus Wade. And we believe uh, at Lifeline and with many of our friends and partners that there is a great chance that the Dobbs case, which was heard on December 1st before the Supreme Court, truly could overturn the landmark decision of Roe versus Wade. But what we realize is that even when that's overturned, that that just means that this issue will go back to the states. And many states, such as New York, Illinois, and California, will have the world's most oppressive abortion laws, including full-term partial birth abortion and complete infanticide. And so we can't believe that just because Roe v. Wade is overturned or we're living in a post-Roe world, that that means we'll be living in a post-abortion world. But we need to be standing up for women. We need to be standing up for these single ladies to show them the love of Christ, to help them to understand who they are as an image bearer of Christ, so that importantly, they can then begin to truly appreciate the child in their womb and how that child is also an image bearer of Christ. And so what we realize is Jesus didn't lay down his life in order for us to live boring, stuffy lives, uh, but for us to live a full life, faithfully defending image bearers while preaching the good news of the kingdom. And so one of the great reasons we're grateful to have Jessa back on the podcast is because last week we talked about maybe some fundamental things that we could do, some of the, the, the patterns we're seeing with women that are coming into our center. But this week we wanted to talk about some of the life change we've seen, some of the stories we've heard, and for you to get to hear kind of the other side. Hey, when we intervene, when we stand up for life, when we love on women, Here's some of the flow that we start to see and some of the the seeds that are planted. But before we bring on the venerable Dr. Rick and get to hear again from Jessa, I wanna remind you about Bridge Educational Services. Bridge Educational Services was created to walk alongside parents as they help their children from hard places meet their education potential. You know, a lot of the places that families learn first and foremost that they're having some issues either with transition or attachment with their children, that pops up with educational issues. And we wanna help you manage those educational issues. Cognitive development evaluations happen in Bridge, personalized educational support, in-office or online support. It's all built and customized to support parents and children, whether a child is homeschooled, doing online learning, or learning in a more traditional classroom setting. You can always visit our website at lifelinechild.org and search for Bridge Educational Services, or you can go to our show notes for more information. But really quickly, we want you to know at Lifeline, we want to stand in the gap for families that are struggling post-adoption, pre-adoption, middle of the adoption, foster care. We want to help you all on that journey because ultimately we want to disciple the heart of a child. Well, Dr. Rick, grateful to 
be with you and Jessa again today. And I know that even before we started this podcast, uh, we were <laughs> we were joking with Jessa about some of the stories. We love story time with Jessa because truly, as we know, there are some um, interesting things that you see when you're running a pregnancy <laughs> center. Uh, but today, I know we want to really tackle about some of the the true life change and the things that we're seeing. Absolutely, Herbie. And I, I think, you know, we were kind of joking even before we before we came on to record today. Um, but but seriously, I mean, if you've if you've been around Lifeline, if you've been around the Defender podcast for a while, you know that we um, daily meet with our staff to pray for the needs that um, God is surfacing in and around our ministry. We get together to do Bible study um, as a as, as a Lifeline community once a week. And um one of those things that's that's always, you know, they're, they're kind of certain rhythms that you kind of learn along the way. And one of those rhythms that I've kind of learned is, is when, when Jessa throws her hand up and has a prayer request or praise, um, it's, it's like time to turn the volume up just a little bit and hang out because um, generally it, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a great story of something that God's doing. And, uh, and quite frankly, and I don't want, you know, like she probably thinks I'm going to set the bar you know, high, but it's, it's also usually just to be honest, pretty entertaining. Like, um, and so I just really am thankful for, um, Jessa, for your spirit and the way that, um, the way that the Lord uses you just to, to look at people and to see them for who they are. And, and, and in many cases for who God's created them, them to be, not who, um, not who maybe people perceive that they are in the moment. And it's, it's just a cool gift to, to be able to um, at times get to hear some of these stories and kind of, you know, experience that and see it through your eyes. And so thanks for, thanks for coming on and, and being a part of this and, and just, you know, really telling some stories that, um, that magnify the stories of people that are created in the image of God, but also ultimately, um, you know, magnify our, our, our creator and, and, and magnify our savior. Um, and so, um, yeah, so, you know, Herbie kind of gave the perfect setup, right? Like you, you kind of don't know what's coming through the door or, or who might be on your doorstep every day at the center. Um, and that makes for a lot of varied interactions. And so, um, you know, I just, let's just dive in. I'd love for you to, to just kind of, you know, walk us through a story of somebody that you've had an opportunity to, you know, to be able to minister to and to do life with, um, because of a vulnerability that they're, that they're walking through. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to be back and it was fun to kind of share some 30,000 foot views the other day about, you know, serving and engaging, uh, with, with pregnancy care and as a pregnancy resource center, but today stories, I mean, this is really the heart of it. This is, this is where, um, the fun and the joy is and where the life is. And, um, uh, you know, I think that there's, there is some serious and there's some hard and we'll share some of that today, but there's so much fun and joy and silliness and unexpected surprise that walks through our front door every day. Um, the relationships that we get to build with, with folks who come through our front door and, uh, a lot of those relationships that are long lasting and just to really see milestones be met in families, just there's, there's just such an immense, um, gift of getting to work, to work with everybody that we serve. And so it's easy to talk about stats and it's easy to talk about politics and to forget 
that these are real people and they have real kids and they have real senses of humor and real gifts and real lives and real things that they're dealing with. And just uh, to get to share that together is huge. And so I'm excited to share some of these stories with you guys. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard to narrow it down because I could talk about how awesome our clients are all day long, but um, I, I really want to uh, make sure everybody knows we're, we're sharing the details that we can, and we're, we're changing everybody's names. You're not getting anybody's real names. We want to be respectful and honor um, the clients that we have served just to, to protect their um, confidentiality in their, their story and as much as we can to honor that as we share some of these things. But um, I want to start out first and kind of share some stories as far as um, women and men that we've been able to engage with, with our ultrasound services and what that has looked like, because there's a wide, wide range and a wide scope of how we serve and um, how we get to intersect lives in those ways. So first I want to tell you guys about um, Nancy. So Nancy came to see us really abortion determined, and she is not from the United States. She is here from another country. And so our first um, kind of challenge of building a relationship with Nancy is a language barrier. And so our, our team is trying to be creative and trying to meet that and still care for her. And a lot of just kind nodding, right? And gesturing and a whole lot of Google Translate on our phone. Um, just a lot of time. But, but you know, here's the good thing. Here's where God shows up in that. As I'm waiting for her to type out on my phone something that'll be translated into English that I can understand, I'm just praying for her and praying that, you know, God, I, I don't really know what she needs right now. And I, I don't really know how we're going to get this relationship kickstarted, but she's being so patient and, you know, help us be patient as you just kind of break down some walls. And so worked with her for a while to learn, you know, her family's not here and she doesn't have any support system. Finances are really hard. Her legal situation from, from being here from another country looks really difficult. And it looks like there's there's just insurmountable odds. And now she's facing a pregnancy um, with somebody that she really doesn't, doesn't know, at least doesn't know well. And so she's, she's really fearful about what this is going to mean for herself, what this is going to mean for children that she has that are, that are not in her care right now, but are in another country. And so, as you can see, wow, these things are really adding up. This is a lot of challenge. Even one of these things would be a challenge, um, you know, let alone all, all of this on her plate. So she came in, found out she's pregnant with us. And we said, you know, maybe we can help out in some ways. Let's get you an ultrasound. And she, she came in, met with our team and our nurse uh, was able to provide her with an ultrasound. And, um, she really did move from being very determined to leave our office and have an abortion to telling us, you know, I think maybe there's more conversations I can have with some of the legal advocates that are working with me. Maybe I can stay here. Maybe I could have this baby. Maybe this is maybe this is an option. And so we were like, wow, okay, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's great. And so we were able to pray for her and, um, we have the coolest nurse in the world, you guys who works with us and her heart is so huge for every client who comes in, but she, she just prayed for her that the Lord would make a way for the, the things that seem insurmountable and just was able to really encourage her in those places that seem like there are, there's just not a chance that that's where God shows up and he can show off and just really praying for, um, 
for him to do that in this case with her. And this, this woman, Nancy, let, let our nurse do that and pray over her. And so Nancy's story is ongoing. Nancy, as far as we know, is still pregnant and she um, is, is trying to figure out some of these pieces. And so we want to invite you to join us in praying for Nancy and women just like Nancy who are coming to see us. So, so that's, that's a, a really recent story for us. That's been in the last couple of weeks that we got to work with her. Um, and so another mom that we, uh, got to serve, you know, she, she also was really abortion minded. And so, um, she came to see us and, um, guys, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody so freaked out. And, and this is a young, a young mom, her name's Sarah. And she, she was just devastated. She's crying. She's hard to understand. Um, so we're just trying to slow her down, right? Tell us, tell us your story. What's happening? How can we help you? And she, you know, talks a million miles an hour and we finally figure out over her, over her tears. I've just gotten away from somebody from a really serious domestic violence situation. And I almost, you know, it just was crazy and it was terrible and all of this stuff. And I just found out I'm pregnant with his baby and I just can't do this. And my mental health isn't good. And all of these things, da, 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 da. And she's just so overwhelmed. And we're sitting there hearing her story and we're able to just say, okay, time out, Sarah, time out, full stop. Can we just say how amazing it is that you're alive and that you're here right now? Can we just take a second to talk about how brave you are that you left how brave you are that you said no more, how amazing it is that God has protected you in your life, that you're alive. Can we just take a second and talk about how important you are and how amazing you are that you, you made that hard step to leave. You did the hardest thing and you left. And so like we can deal, we're going to go through and deal with these hard things, but we just have to tell you that's amazing. You are so, you are so brave. You have such a a life ahead of you. Like there's so much more for you than this, that, that we have so much to just be thankful for that your life is, is still intact. Right. And so let's, let's move forward. And just to see her relax and to look at us like, Oh, I did do a hard thing. We're like, you did it. You did do a hard thing and you weren't alone. God has been working with you and he wants you to live and he wants you to have life to the full and all of these things. But just to celebrate her life for a second and to time out and show her you're doing good things right now. You've made a good choice right now by, by stepping out of that. What's another thing that we can do? What's another choice that you can make? And so we're, we're just talking with her and she said, you know, I just really feel like I need to have an abortion. And I don't know that that, that this is going to be something that is going to be helpful for me, but I feel like I need to have it anyway. And so we just started to talk with her. And, you know, I said, do you, do you know anyone who's had an abortion before? Have they talked to you about the effects of that personally to them? And she said, actually, yeah, somebody really close to me before I came to see you, they had an abortion and they told me you're never going to be the same. And she told me, you know, like, this is really hard and I'm still dealing with the fallout of that and the hurt from that. And she really discouraged me from having an abortion and maybe she's right. And, and so we were able to kind of talk with her about that and walk with her through that and really talk with her about, you know, maybe we can get you connected for some, some further mental health services because you're going to need them. And, and that's outside our wheelhouse. And we, we want you to be healthy and full and, um, you know, holistically taken care of. And we, we can do that, but we can walk with you through this pregnancy if you want. 
And she, she left us feeling, um, not as anxious, feeling confident in her ability to make good choices. And just to celebrate the fact that she is alive and that we got to pray for her and just thank the Lord that he's spared her to this point. And, and really just to help her put some steps in a place where she's going to be safe moving forward, um, to not, not be back in places where, where that can happen to her. And so that's, that's Sarah young 20 year old, girl who's going to be a new mom, first time mom. And so as far as we knew, she, she was still carrying. She did not tell us that she, um, had had an abortion, but, um, but that was, that was something as, as the pregnancy center and as people who were working here that we got to just kind of speak peace over her and encourage her. And so a lot of times moms need that. And so that, that was huge for us. Um, but, but not everybody that we're serving with, um, oh, go ahead. Rick, Rick has a question. Yeah, he held no, up his I, finger. You can't <laughs> see that, but he, he held up his finger. No, so I just, I was just going to make an observation, Jessa. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that is just so cool in, in the, the two stories that you've told is just the importance of being present and, and the importance of being in the present, <laughs> In, in ministering to these women and, and pointing them to truth. And I mean, you just told two really powerful stories of, of two women who were, who were overwhelmed by the future and overwhelmed by all the questions and, and all the unknown that was staring them in the face. And, and I think um, what is, what is so phenomenal is the way that God gives you the opportunity um, and and the way that God gives lots of people that are doing this work in centers all over the country, the opportunity to be right now in the present with them and, and to not, to not have to rush to talk about the future, but let's, Mm -hmm. let's talk about you're okay now. And and even opens seeds, you know, opens doors for seeds of the gospel to be sown, to be, to be able to talk about like where Jesus is in the middle of the present and, and those kind of things. And so I just, I just didn't want to, like, I didn't want to let that moment go by to say that I think sometimes we, we mistake these conversations and we even misperceive the work that goes on um, because people like, I think we have a tendency to think of this in such future oriented terms and and the truth is like a lot of the stories that i you know that that you guys share from the interactions you have are really just the opposite it's not really talking about the future it's talking about like right now and we're with you and god is with you and you're not alone and and then helping to really put you know feet and tangibility to that and so um as much as anything, I just wanted to, to kind of also break in and say thanks, because I think I think that that brings a perspective um, and and brings a heart that um, that sometimes the, the rest of us are kind of likely to miss. Um, mm-hmm. And so just, you know, thank you for allowing God to to use you to be present in those moments and for the other people that are volunteering and, you know, our other staff there and. And even just a big thank you to people that are listening to us around, you know, around the country and around the world that are doing, you know, doing the same kind of ministry. Um, and, and, and just what a powerful reminder. Absolutely. For sure. Um, it is, it is an immense gift to have somebody tell you their story and to 
have the ability to pause and to, to listen. Um, and it is a hard thing, right. To not, to not jump to fix it mode or jump to, you know, what are they going to do later? Or, you know, all of these things, but to just to, to be present and be mindful of that. And I feel like God has really, uh, taught our team a lot, continues to teach us a lot to just stay, stay in the moment. And we, we don't fix anything, right. We, we are present and we are, you know, journeying together with others, but only, only God can, can redeem and restore and fix things that we're, we're along for the journey. And so you mentioned, you know, us sharing these stories and, uh, a lot of times, and even today, right. We'll share, this is where we left off because like every story, like there's another chapter and their life could look really different next week. And so sometimes that's hard to give updates to our team or staff, but it's like, here's where they are right now. And so we're, we're thankful to be where we are with them in this moment. Um, but let's keep praying. They're not done. And so we're, we're, you know, that's discipleship, you know, to, to be in the, in the chapter with them where they are. Um, but also to encourage, I think a lot of how God's taught us to be present where we are, um, to remind folks, you know, where, you know, where you're going, we, we can rewrite some of this, or we don't have to let some things be written or no matter what's written, we're going to be with you. Um, God's in your story. And so that's, that's really cool too. But um, we, we are not only serving a demographic of women who are really abortion determined. And one of the ways that I feel like God has just opened so many doors for us to bring comfort and to, um, to provide peace of mind, especially for women who've experienced loss uh, or who are anxious or worried about a pregnancy that they absolutely want to have. And that has just been a huge joy for us. And so um, we serve, we serve several women like Laura. So Laura, she came to us for an ultrasound. She is pretty, uh, she had just recently found out she was pregnant and she was just terrified. So in her past, she had, um, she'd become pregnant, but she had suffered a miscarriage and she was, you know, really, really upset about that. Rightly so that's a huge loss. And so, so facing this new pregnancy, and looking at this new pregnancy test that's showing it's a positive, she's worried because, you know, you know, most women know if you are experiencing a pregnancy and you're getting into your OB, it's going to be a while before you have your first appointment, especially before you can have your first ultrasound. They're usually going to wait till you're about 10 to 12 weeks along. But many women can suffer a miscarriage before that. And so she was just really upset in her heart, not knowing, is, is my baby okay? Are we going to be okay? Is this same thing going to happen again? And so we were able to get her in and get her an ultrasound and, and she was able to see, uh, her baby's heartbeat on a screen and see your, your baby is alive. Your baby's right there. And to, to begin that bonding process for her, um, and to be able to, to have our team just comfort her and give her, um, information, accurate information, but also just to comfort her mama heart, right. Of you don't, you don't have to live every single moment right now in worry and, and you can kind of relax and trust and, um, you know, just, just what that does for us. Right. I know that, that God in so many ways for all of us, he shows up in our life and he reminds us, um, Hey, you're not alone, or here's information that you are seeking, or, you know, here's a reminder of my faithfulness or whatever. And so even for women who do want to be pregnant, that we can build a relationship and show we are a place of, of care and comfort and trust for them. 
in addition to women who are abortion minded is huge. And so Laura, whenever she was seeing her baby on the screen and that her baby's heartbeat was there and that there was movement and everything so far looked to be okay, that this was a viable pregnancy. She was just crying tears of joy, right? Just to be able to share that moment with her um, was huge. And so that, you know, I I don't just want to share moments of, Hey, we're working with women who don't want to be pregnant. We do see women who are in that camp, but there are, there are a lot of women that we get to serve in their pregnancy and encourage them um, who are, who are on a different path, who are planning to, to continue in their pregnancy, um, whether it's to parent or whether it's to choose parents. So, so that's huge too. We have lots of moms like Laura, just like we have lots of moms who are anxious and considering abortion like Sarah. So, yeah, but you know, ultrasounds are just one, one place of engagement. And so a lot of, uh, a lot of our work and a lot of our stories, um, actually most of our stories right now, just because ultrasounds for us are relatively new as a service. Most of our stories come from places of options, conversation and counseling. So whether that's, Hey, we're doing a pregnancy test and now we're having a conversation or somebody comes to us, Hey, I took a pregnancy test at home And now I have this information and I don't know what in the world I'm going to do about it. And they're coming in to to have a conversation with us um, as a trusted source of, you know, involvement and input. So I want to tell you guys about Abby. So Abby is one of those moms that we got to serve through options counseling. And Abby came to us in kind of a, it was just a hard situation. So Abby was pretty, pretty early in her pregnancy very abortion determined asking, you know, how do I get an abortion? Where do I need to go? And not only was Abby coming to us, but her, her boyfriend was coming to us too. And, uh, her boyfriend was pretty manipulative and abusive. And, um, I think those are the only adjectives I should share about her boyfriend. Um, but, but just really somebody who did not want healthy, good things for her and, um, had, had expressively told her as well as myself that if she did not have an abortion, he was going to kick her out of the apartment. Um, she was not on the lease. And so she had no kind of recourse for that. And he was going to make sure that he could do everything in his power to make sure that Abby would, um, struggle and suffer and not be able to have her other children return into her care because Abby did have three other children who were in state custody that she was trying to get back. And she's facing a new pregnancy with this gentleman, um, not so gentleman, um, who, who really is making this hard for her to pressure her to terminate. So, um, that was, a very hard conversation to, to be in with both of them, right? One for the boyfriend. Um, we can call him Thomas. How about that? Um, but yeah, just having conversations with Thomas about, you know, let's, what you think fatherhood looks like. And let's talk about, um, just how to, how to live life well. Right. So, so anyway, um, talk with both of them together. I have Thomas leave. Um, I'm now alone with Abby. Um, and I just, I was really frank with her. I said, listen, Abby, do you want your other kids to come home? And you can be real with me. Okay. Um, it's just, there's nothing between you, me and the wall. You can just be real with me. Do you want your other kids to come home? 
And she, she, without even hesitating said, absolutely more than anything. I said, you can't be with him. You can't live with Thomas. The state won't let it happen. And so I know that he wants to kick you out. I know that you're facing homelessness. I know that there's a ton of challenges here. And we're going to put this conversation about this baby on pause because we need to come back to it. But you have three other kids that we've got to figure out what we're going to do because you are mom. And so do you want them to come home? And and if you do, we've got to make huge changes because otherwise they're never going to come home. And so we talked about that and, and that was hard. You know, like I, I just like to be encouraging most of the time, but sometimes we, you know, have to encourage through reality and, and talk through that. And, you know, she, she kind of understood, yeah, this isn't a good situation. And so then talking through, you know, you know, some of her feelings, I said, why, what, can you tell me why you're still with Thomas? And she said, I'm just so lonely. And even if I can't have my kids, at least I have him, but if I have an abortion, he's going to leave me. And then I'm going to be utterly alone. And, you know, I was just able to kind of talk with her about how she's never alone, that God is always with her. And even to kind of bridge that gap into what healthy community actually can look like for her. Um, and that there's, there's community that doesn't manipulate and force and abuse and community that, that we were designed for. And so her, her feelings of wanting that are actually normal are actually good and godly, but this is misplaced. And so just to encourage her, like there's, there's such a better life out there for community for you. That's not this. And, um, just to ask her a lot of questions. If I could connect you with some other moms, other single moms, would that help you to feel stable in some, some of your relationships? Would you consider continuing your pregnancy? Or, you know, if we could figure out some housing stuff with you, would you consider continuing your pregnancy? If we could help you with finances, if we could help you with your case plan for your other kids, if we could, you know, the list went on and on. I mean, we talked for hours and, um, Abby left and she told me, she was going to have an abortion. And so I just thought, well, that's that, you know, like we did what we could do. We, we tried to encourage her. We tried to be real with her and she's gone. Well, Abby came back to see me maybe, maybe two months later. And she said, Hey, I just wanted you to know, and this was out of the blue. She said, I just wanted you to know I'm still pregnant. And I left Thomas. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh, really? And she said, yeah, she's like, I'm not having an abortion. And she was like, I'm going to get my kids back and I'm finding a place to live and I'm somewhere safe right now. And that's what I want. I'm going to do it. And I've got, um, a church, uh, that she had been connected to that she had reconnected with, and she was meeting with some other moms. I mean, talk about a miracle. And, and that was just so, so amazing that she did that and that she let God empower her to do those things. And just celebrated with her and just, you know, that's the, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I'm going to like jump up and down and give you a hug. Like, I'm, I'm just thrilled for you. Like, this is, this is amazing on so many levels. And just to, um, to see, you know, she even had, you know, these are the dates that I'm going to start getting visits back with my kids. And this is huge. And it was, so we celebrated, we told her we were here, we were going to keep working with her, but I hadn't seen her for a little bit. So then fast forward a while, I kind of forgot about Abby because she, she stopped coming around, but she came into our lobby and had told our admin assistant, um, Hey, I really need a meeting with Jessa. And she said, well, she's with some other clients. I don't know when she'll be free. You can work with somebody else if you want. And she said, I will wait as long as I have to. And she said, okay, that's fine. 
let me know if you change your mind. Cause I've got some other staff. She said, no, I have to talk to Jessa. And so, you know, our admin, she came to get me and she said, Hey, just want to let you know, you do have somebody who has to talk to you. I was like, that's weird. Okay. So I go out there and it's Abby. And she said, I just had to uh, come to the center because I wanted you to meet my little girl. I was like, Oh, I'm like, this is her. She's here. What? And so I was like, Abby, I am so thankful that you brought her in so I could meet her. Right. And oh my gosh. And so I'm sitting there and she's just beautiful and perfect. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is a little one who has had so much prayer for her already. Like she doesn't even know, but just to celebrate and to think like, wow, I can't, I can't wait to see and know like the plans that God has for her and her life that she's, that she's here right now. And that her mom has fought for her, has fought for her siblings, that her other kids were home now. It was incredible. But you know, if you're not like already like, okay, I'm kind of crying on this podcast. Like God is so cool. It gets even cooler. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking with Abby, loving on her baby and just celebrating what God's done in her life. And she said, so I know you're kind of busy, but, um, I had a ride bring me here. It's actually a friend. Can you talk to her? I said, well, sure. She said, okay. I told her, I told her we had to come because I wanted you to meet the baby, but my friends, my friend's going to have an abortion. I said, okay. She said, I told my friend, we've got to go to lifeline. You've got to meet Jessa because she helped me. She can help you too. And I was like, okay, great. Um, I'd love to meet her. Bring her in. Why is she outside? Why did you wait so long, Abby? Bring her inside. So she brings in her friend. I'm talking to her friend. And um, I start meeting with this woman who's her friend. We'll call her Susie. We meet for months, you guys. This is, this is a direct referral from Abby of you've got to go to this place. They're going to take care of you. They're going to listen to you. They're going to they're gonna do what you need. And so I start meeting with Susie for months and Susie is very abortion determined, but she, she keeps coming to see me and every, every week or every two weeks, I'm like, well, let's hang out, come back. Let's keep talking. She's like, okay, I'm going to have an abortion, but yeah, I'll come back and hang out with you. Okay. So she keeps coming to see me. And before every meeting, I just keep thinking she's going to come in and tell me she's not pregnant anymore. Um, she comes and sees me. This has probably been four months now that we've been together And she says, you know what? God told me that I shouldn't have an abortion and I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to continue in my pregnancy. Just like, like that just had completely shifted her mindset. And, And she was absolutely right. There's nothing that I did to change this woman's mind that, that she finally just allowed God to, to have his way and his plan, um, in her life. And so we were able to walk with her and, and celebrate that with her. And she said, I just don't think it's right for me to have an abortion. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to trust God in another way. And so just to celebrate that with her and to talk with her and, and kind of guide her in some of those discussions, she, she continued in her pregnancy and she had her baby and she's parenting, um, at least where we left off in that story. And so, so that's just huge. And so even in those places, cause I'm not going to lie guys, whenever Abby came in with, with Thomas and it was just such a crazy situation. I was like, there is no way that she's going to continue in her pregnancy. There are so many external forces pressuring her to have an abortion. And this is just really hard. It's going to happen. Like I'm never going to see her again. And for her to continue to come in and guys, we still see Abby, um, 
her little girl's not quite one, but she comes to see us because we've got a care closet. And so that's just huge to get to see her grow and to know that Abby's doing well and her other kids are doing well, that we're going to continue to get to serve her um, as well as her friend. And so God's just really cool. So even when we're in this world and we see these stories, he blows us away too. And so there, there's not a shortage of the work that God does in these places of listening and sitting and having conversation, even without a medical service that was rendered. And so, you know, don't shortchange those pregnancy centers that may be smaller or they don't have a a medical team and they're in your, your cities and communities. These are the conversations that they're having with moms and with dads. And so, and, and are really there to give people hope that their life can change, that there's something different for them to choose. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite, favorite moms ever is, is Miss Abby and her, her friend that she brought to us too with Susie. So I think what's awesome, especially about that story though, Jessa is I think that just really unlocks even what we were talking about last week about why we must have this type of intervention because we think it's just the life in front of us at the time, but you see the discipleship of you discipling this one mom who then goes and spreads this to another mom. And so we see really the influ- our influence over one, our faithfulness over one can really spread to so many. And uh, I, I know we are abundantly grateful for you and for all of our, our, our counselors and for all of our maternity counselors. But, but sister, I think what's so important is for anyone that's listening for them to know they don't have to be trained. They don't have to do this for a profession. They just have to be available. And that's even, even just hearing the story of, of Susie and, and Abby and knowing that Abby comes in and wants to see you and, you know, you were busy and you were available and it just tells us all we need to be available. And, and so I hope that as we look at these last two weeks and we look at the, the functionality and the practical nature of what we can be doing, and then yet we hear the, the fruit of that. And certainly, just I know we could, we could go into other stories that don't have happy endings, that, that have sad endings. But I also know, because I know you and I hear your stories, that you're continuing to work and walk with these women, even those that have chosen abortion, so that they can ultimately see that they're a life that's created by God. And we know life change will happen there too. And so I, I just hope if, if, if one, I hope this podcast today has encouraged you to see God's faithfulness when we're faithful and when we're present and when we're active, but I also hope that it will, it will encourage us to be available, even though we don't know the outcome. Uh, our staff reads through New Morning Mercies uh, every year together. We have for the last couple of years and of course, we have our, our Bible study on Monday, and you can always go to Defender Bible Study to hear that. But every other day of the week, we kind of read together New Morning Mercies. And uh, a couple of days ago, last week, uh, one, of the, one of the New Morning Mercies was talking about the unknown and how we have to walk into trusting God, not knowing what the outcomes will be. And, and so many times we're out of control, and, and, and we have to realize it's all in God's control. And I, I hope that we see this week that our God is faithful, that even when we don't know what we're doing, even sometimes when when we're doing our very best, that ultimately when we depend on him, he will bring the fruit. And so uh, as we we look prayerfully 
at a post-Roe world, as we prayerfully look at a, at a world where abortion rights will be put back onto the states, I hope that we will know that we are still in a battle for the hearts and souls of men and women, and that we will be faithful to be active, available, and ready. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just feel like as believers, right? Like if we're not, if we're not engaging in discipleship, we're not reaching our full potential of like, of who we're supposed to be. Like Jesus said, look at what I'm doing and then go do it. And, and Mm. he didn't stutter, right? Like he was like, okay, like why, why? And actually the angel, right. was like, Hey guys, like, I know you watched Jesus going to heaven. Like, why are you still looking up at the sky? Like go do his thing um, to engage and be ready. But I know that like finding discipleship opportunities or how to engage can feel sometimes awkward or hard. Like, Hey, I know I'm supposed to be sharing the gospel and sharing life, but especially if you've been with Jesus for a while, your circles are pretty Jesus-y already. Like, Hey, maybe you're like, I don't really know people who may not know Jesus or I, all my free times at church, or, you know, I lead a Bible study, but they all already know Jesus. So really we're just trying to, you know, know more about Jesus, but we're not pouring anything back out, hanging out with a pregnancy center or having opportunities for, um, engagement through mentoring is an easy way for, for us. Let me introduce you to people to do discipleship with. And so if you're a church leader or a pastor and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's cute. Like we love babies and we love moms. Like we'll give money to that. We, we need your people. Like we, and if, especially if you as a church are trying to figure out how do we how do we really reach the city? Like, how do we reach people that aren't already like us or doing things just like us or living like us? Your local pregnancy center can easily be this on-ramp or this bridge to connect you with somebody else. Because I mentioned, you know, Abby wanted to meet with me, but I can't do discipleship all the time with Abby because I'm running the pregnancy center and I can't do discipleship with 800 women, how they need to be discipled and brought into the local church but, but that's where you come in and can unlock that. And so we've had some incredible mentors from local churches who've said just that, like, I want to engage, I need somebody to, you know, I need an introduction and then we can run from there. Right. And that's what we've been able to do is just to have an introduction and let them run with it. And so, uh, I've got, I've got a mom who has a mentor here with us and she, Every week came to mentoring. She completed like our, our process, official process, right? Because really, let's be real. Mentoring is just an opportunity to build relationship. It goes back to that. Like we talked about in the last podcast, relationship is key for everything. And so, but she came every week so excited um, to meet with her mentor and just really fell in love with this process. So she invited her mentor to her son's first birthday party. And so her mentor went and she was thrilled that she was invited. She shows up there. And I talked to her mentor um, after this had happened. And she said, I was the only person there that was not a family member. And she had like kind of a broken family. It was just kind of like, there just wasn't a whole lot happening there relationally. And so even going back to us talking about this huge need for relationship and living in isolation, that this mentor was the first person outside of an immediate family that was invited in. And she said, I'm going to keep working with this mom, even if it's we're, we're officially kind of done with mentoring through us, because that relationship has been kickstarted and they took it. And I have another mom. She's 18. She's a new mom. And she met with her mentor. And she was kind of nervous at first. She was like, I don't know if I trust this process. I don't know if I like this, but she showed up and she loved her mentor. 
came in to see us a few weeks later because she needed some stuff for her baby. She ran over to me and I, I allowed this, right? I know we're in a COVID world. I do believe I had my mask on at the time. Gave me a huge hug and said, I just had to hug you and thank you so much for introducing me to my mentor. She has helped me in more ways than I can even tell you. And I'm so thankful for that. And she invited me to go to church with her. And I think I'm going to go. Great. Awesome. That's, that's what we hope for. And so you, you can be in those places like men and women listening to this podcast. You have the ability to be introduced to somebody who's hungry for relationship, who's hungry for discipleship to just be available to say, yeah, okay, I can do that. Yeah. It's just, it's just doing life together, right? Like it's just, it's just including people in our lives and, you know, Jesus is a part of our lives. Um, Making disciples is a thing that we've been called to do with our lives. And it's, it's just about enlarging your circle so that you have the opportunity um, to, to meet people who have yet to hear or yet to follow or are stuck in some, you know, point of following Jesus or, or obedience or, or whatever. And so, um, you know, just a thanks. I, I think, um, you know, this is one of those, this is one of those issues when we talk about it, that it can, for a lot of people, I think, feel distant, <laughs> like it can feel foreign. It can feel like we can feel like this is, this is kind of hard to engage. And I think, um, I think what you've, what you've really helped us to, you know, kind of define over the last episode in this one is um, it's not that far away and it's not that hard. And it's really, it's really just about, um, about stepping out and, and being available and allowing yourself to kind of be in a place where you're able to connect with people. And that's the beauty of what, of what a pregnancy resource center does is um, people with an obvious need <laughs> um, have an obvious place to go in order to, you know, in order to, to get some help and to have that need served. And, um, you know, how much is that like what we see over and over and over in the gospels, um, that Jesus was, was all about, um, like pushing back all of the things that are a result of the fall and all the things that are a result of sin. Um, but at the end of the day, as he was taking care of all those tangible things and, and as he was fixing all those things that were, um, that were, you know, marred by the fall, he didn't stop there. He, he gave himself and he gave relationship and, and, and he, he gave life in him. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I appreciate the perspective and, uh, and we're just, you know, we're just thankful. We're thankful that we, um, we get to be little pieces and parts of these kind of stories. We're thankful that we get to celebrate the fact that God is at work. Um, and that, um, man, we get like, we get to be little pieces and parts of all this. Um, and so I think, you know, that's a perfect way to kind of wind up today to say, um, as you know, as we walk away from this podcast and, and not just us, but the whole community of people that are, you know, that are listening and participating and, and are a part of this, um, let's walk away with the thought of, um, how do we make ourselves available to participate in 
in in the ways that God is pursuing people and the stories um, that He's writing in the lives of people that are around us that sometimes we feel like are distant, but they're really like they're really not that far away. We just have to make ourselves available. So, Jessa, thank you. We um, are just um, incredibly grateful for the the way that we get to see Jesus in you and in the team that is that God's assembled in Kansas and in our team. And it's, um, it, it's just, a, it's a fun reminder to get to be a part of a, a community where um, people aren't perfect, <laughs> but people are, people are just like trying to follow and, and, and trying to, trying to strain and stretch to, um, to pursue Jesus. And, uh, and so, Thank you. And we thank all of you for for joining us again on the Defender Podcast. We'll be back here again next week, and, and we'll continue to be talking about the ways that we can follow Jesus and, and defend life and, and to ultimately um, put the fruit of the gospel on display in the lives of people um, who are vulnerable and who, who need help and, and that God has called us to help. So uh, we'll see you back here. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>